Okay, so first on today, we have two things on today's agenda. The first thing is, and the most important thing is that uh, Matilda got her first chuckers. And there was a quail in there too, wasn't there, this weekend? There there was indeed. The yeah. quail was the first uh, creature to, to meet its... Meet its demise. Meet its demise over Matilda. Um, and then the chucker came shortly after that. That's great. Oh, for... I guess nobody else knows, but Jordan sent me some pictures this weekend of his, uh, his hunt with Matilda and, and, uh, I saw the the pictures, but I don't know the whole story. So I figured he could just tell the whole story to us. And then after that, I want to get into some, some mindset stuff about kind of breaking the hardo mentality and how it actually, it actually isn't productive and it's actually really maladaptive. And there are some people that, uh, that, that people think are role models and uh i just i don't think that they are and so i'd like to talk about that a little bit so anyway let's talk about matilda first tell me the story man so walk us through it uh so matilda's 10 months old now and i've had her out hunting since like early september um and she's a young pointing dog so she i'm not shooting birds she's not pointing i think we talked about and so that she's been running she's ran through a fair number of birds and just waiting for it to click and then i got her out chucker is kind of the 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 big thing quail hunting is cool but chucker hunting is that's i think that's the king for nevada um they're just cool birds they live in cool places so I'd had her out, our season opened on the 15th and I had her out, I've had her out three times now. So like three hunts within the first week. And, uh, the first hunt was just kind of a bust, got stuck in traffic and wasn't able to meet up with some of my buddies. Second hunt, just not, nothing went our way essentially. And then the last hunt I went on, everything was just kick ass. Weather was good. It was just me and my dog. Um, we were driving into our spot. Some quail ran across the road. I figured, well, dump we the go. dog out. Let her let her get her jitters out or see just getting her into birds is just see what she does. Well, first thing she does, just runs right through the group of quail, <laughs> just sends it straight, you know, she, so she's dangerous right now because she could find birds and, but she might not stop. So she might just run right through them, which she did. And, uh, so I didn't shoot any of them. And then she picked up a straggler, a single and stopped. And I got up there, I flushed the bird, shot it. And she was really jacked up. And so oh, that's awesome wrangled her back to the truck which was not easy to do because she was super jacked up and then drove a little bit further and got to our trucker spot and we hiked like 15 minutes and i'm kind of just plodding along thinking about things and not really expecting a lot of her just see you just see what happens well i look up i hear a bird get up and i look up and it's kind of right like right just cresting over a hill and i see and she's just she's just standing there she's on point bird gets up and she doesn't chase it another bird gets up i shoot that bird um she 
and I actually crippled that one and she ran like a, a bat out of hell and, and went and, you know, we got that bird and she was super yeah. jacked up and she proceeded to point. Uh, I had another cubby. I had a running bird, which was interesting for her. Cause she, she would point and then she was like, not sure of herself and run and point. And, uh, my peripheral vision, I see this asshole bird, like running, like he's in the Olympics next to me. He's close <laughs> enough to the dog that I can't shoot. And he actually runs and flies kind of around the dog. So I downhill from us. I, I, the angle that he flew at, I just couldn't shoot at him, um, safely over my dog. So we, uh, we went and we're same thing, plodding along another ridge and this group of birds randomly gets up like, I don't know, 60 or 70 yards ahead of us, which I think they were the first group that I killed one out of cause they were a little twitchy. Mm. She pointed a straggler in there and stood it nice. And I missed that bird. And then, Come um, on, dad, I know suck. <laughs> and then we got into, uh, another group kind of on the way back to the truck. And this time she, I got to see everything happen. I thought there might be birds in this spot and walked down and she's running in front of me and she just locks up right in front of this rock pile. And I'm like, Oh shit, here we go. It's going to happen. And so some birds got up and flew kind of around the rock pile. I couldn't shoot, but there was a, another one kind of out on the edge that flew crossing that I killed. Um, and she was all, she was all jacked up about that. So made our way back to the truck. We only hunted for like probably two hours or so. Um, and got back to the truck with two chucker and a quail that were all pointed. So uh, it was, she made a, a huge stride in that day, which was pretty, pretty great. That's awesome. It's uh, I'm sure she was excited to get the reward and like, it felt good to actually give her the bird that she pointed. Yeah. She, she was like, um, she's always excited about birds, but she just hadn't really gotten around chucker or anything yet. So, um, she was just, she, I mean, she's like a crackhead now, hmm. um, which is, which is pretty awesome. I, I, every morning I get up now, she's like runs, looks at me like, are we, what are we doing? I'm like, I'm going to work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we're, we're not going. So she's, uh, that's just what I've been trying to do is just build momentum with her. And from my standpoint, I think you just have to be really patient. Like I told you, it's like, Hey, if it takes 10 trips out of me not shooting birds because she's just running through them, you know, you can't be mad at them really. And you just have to be patient and you have that mindset. Like, uh, I'm just going to keep going and we'll keep walking and eventually it'll click. And she she figured it out like oh i i have to stop and then you'll shoot them just like with pigeons or other things because you know, she just didn't really know what she was looking for i don't think she knew she was supposed to be looking for something but just wasn't wasn't sure and then it literally took one chucker and she was like okay i know i know what they smell like i will go find them cool is well so is there anything next in the the training progression or is it is it just reps with with chuckers or is there anything that you feel like you need to do um 
Not really. I might work on some retrieving stuff a little bit with her. She's a pretty natural retriever, but I don't have same thing. I don't have a high expectation for her to like go, you know, know that she's supposed to run down, pick up a trucker and bring it back to me. I think that'll just, just come on its own. Cause they naturally want to pick the bird up. Um, but as you can imagine the first time or two, they have a chucker in their mouth Their their first instinct. I don't think for the most part is to just give it to you. Right. They're like, uh, I want every bit of this. I want to smell it. I want to hold it in my mouth. Like I want to parade around with it, you know, just, just really excited. So, uh, we'll do a little bit more retrieving stuff. Um, but for now just, yeah, same thing reps on wild birds and, she she knows what she's looking for and just uh giving her the the training progression in my head at least for now is just giving her the leeway to do what she thinks she needs to do which mm-hmm. is kind of tough i think for a lot of people i see a lot of people that i've hunted with you know they're calling on their dogs all the time they're telling them what to do and it's really just being having the mindset like let them go let them work it out um, because they're, you can't know what they're experiencing. You can read a dog when you see them doing certain things, but there's sometimes where you, you know, you won't think there's birds or something and the dog will find some inevitably. And that's kind of the beauty of a pointing dog is they, they know their job and they have to figure out how to do it. And you're not telling them how to do it the whole time. Mm. So build momentum, getting her to run bigger, um, and just find birds. Lots That's cool. Of birds. I dig it, man. I dig it. Uh, how much did you guys walk the other day? You sent me, I think you sent me the, the screenshot of your, your, uh, thing, but I don't remember how much it was. I don't you remember. Gotta, you cover a fair amount of ground in two hours. That's for sure. It's yeah. Like it, it depends on the terrain that we're in. I was trying to see if I could find it. I don't remember, but most times I average like five to seven miles and that's the mileage alone. Isn't really telling. Cause sometimes you can hike two miles. That is just a ton of vertical or a ton of ascending and descending, which is obviously a lot more taxing than just walking in a straight line. Um, we, we were a little more efficient this last time out. Um, but I was kind of, I had a thought, the uh use stress training stuff is yeah. so useful for hiking in terms of if you can figure out like the minimum tension you need to generate to walk up a hill you can be delightfully lazy almost <laughs> <laughs> I, that sounds stupid but it's you know, it's like ah, just i just need well, what to do you push. mean though given like talk talk get what what did you experience well if you're hiking up a hill and it sucks and all you're thinking about is this fucking sucks and I hurt and you're just kind of tense and you're breathing hard. That just makes it worse. Yeah. And if you're like, well, I'm just going to be as lazy as I can and I'm just going to push hard enough to just get myself in a position to make the next step. And I'm only pushing with, you know, this part of my leg or something, not like I'm leaning forward and just, just really cranking to get up a hill. It's like, just kind of 
reframe the way you think about it really. And just do the minimum to get yourself up the hill and you still get there yeah. and probably in the same time too. Well, it's not a fucking race. You know what I mean? I, and no. it's, I don't know. There's nothing to, there's nothing to prove. That's like one of the things with, with pack outs and stuff that people get so concerned about. It's like, well, unless it's a hundred degrees out, you got time. You know what I mean? Like you don't have yeah. to, you don't have to run. Like you'll be okay. Take your time. And yeah. even if, I mean, even if it's a hundred degrees, like how, you know, how fast you're going to go. Are you going to wear yourself out too? Yeah. It's yeah. just, it, it, I think there's a lot of strategies involved where you just, you can make it seem not so bad in your head and trucker hunting definitely has a rap for being miserable but the the people that like it just like some of the the misery or the physical challenge and i'm not saying it's not hard at all but i think that just in general with things like that you can not worry so much about the hiking and and obviously if you're in horrible shitty shape yeah it's gonna suck and you're gonna puke blood and like, <laughs> it's gonna it's not you know it's not one of those things where they have the 300 pound cameraman from out East come and film a show out here kind of thing. Sure. Like they're, they literally won't be able to do it, but if you're moderately in shape and just aren't fixated on how bad it sucks and you have a couple strategies, like my ultimate morale booster is like a, a lifesavers wintergreen mint. <laughs> Dude, I keep some of those like in my chest pocket pop one of those guys in like an hour in you're like oh this is so good so great <laughs> yeah i think a lot of times too just pausing and looking around it's like man you're hunting like your dog's working you're in beautiful country it's like this ain't so bad you're taking a walk you know you're breathing a little heavy you'll find the birds or you won't and uh you're taking a walk and it's not so bad you know and i think that whole mentality is kind of necessary if you have a puppy uh, just to take in a walk see what happens they'll get there you know don't worry about it no it's for fun so not thinking you have to kill a limit every time you go or and i think personal goals are a part of that i think you have to know what's important to you and not look at what everybody or seems important to everybody else um because the world's just flooded with that stuff. Giant deer, giant elk, limits of birds. It doesn't go that way every time. Everybody knows that, but there's this attitude that that's how it has to happen. Yeah. Or, or you're, you're nobody or you're not a good hunter or you're not this, or you're not that. And it's like, man, like, <clears throat> unless you're, I don't, well, I don't know in, in which situations that, people consistently create those, those opportunities for themselves, but I don't know many people that they get to do it consistently. It's like, you know, like yeah. the, the gigantic buck or the gigantic bull or, you know, killing limits of birds all the time. It's like, you know, cause at home in Pennsylvania where we hunt ducks, it's like, <laughs> there ain't a lot of ducks. We just go hunt ducks cause we like to do it. And it's a lot of fun. And so I don't know, man, I just think people get caught up on, I think you're right. People get caught up on it's like, Well, why are you doing this? And, you're doing it because it's fun and you enjoy it and you get some food at the end and you get to do some stuff that most people don't get to do. And, and I think it's okay to just leave it at that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I will say I'm definitely not the 
I'm not a great chucker hunter by any means because it's not something that I've really fixated on for a long time. Like I said, I've just, I've done it since like high school, but just kind of intermittently as it comes up, Oh, let's go on a chucker hunt. I have friends that like I've fished a lot and I can say for the most part, moving water, like get in here and catch a fish. I could figure it out probably most places just because I fished so much. And I have friends like that with chucker hunting. Like those guys kill a lot of birds. They kill a lot of limits more than most people I know. And there are some of the few people that I would say they they can go and with, and they have really good dogs. They, they could just, they can find birds. They just really, really have it dialed. It's like but, what they do. Right. Yeah. yeah it's and, like what they do. The reason they get to be like that is because they love it. It's yeah. not because they give a shit about what anybody else thinks. Exactly right. And they would never talk like on social media or something about how many birds they killed in a season um, or anything like that. Um, most people would probably call them liars, but they're, they're not. They just, they really get after it, but they spend a ton of time doing it too and have for, you know, a decade or more. Did you see the post, uh, that you probably saw at the built the building the elite made the other day about um god i don't know if i can say this guy's name uh niels vanderpool about how much aerobic training he did uh leading up to the 2022 olympics he's a uh what is he is a speed skater swedish speed skater did you see that i think so 33 hours of aerobic development per week yeah That's what he did and so but you look at his strategy um, and you're like seeing 33 oh, in five days, by the way. So it's not like Saturday and Sunday, he wasn't doing shit. So it's like five days to do 33 hours of aerobic development. Yeah. It's like, first of all, it's his job. Of course, like you can make the time to get that much work in. But second of all, like, how do you do that without, you know, go nuts or like, I know the, like if you're an Olympian, you're probably hyper-focused on an outcome and the things you want to do, but it's like still you're a human being. So how do you do that? And he did, he did shit that he enjoyed. <laughs> like that's how did it, you know? And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, like you said, like people get really good at stuff because they love it a lot of times. I mean, there also is sometimes uh, maybe some hints of, of mental illness and people that get really, really good at things and hyper-focused oh, obsessed and things like that, but sure. like, but he, you just love it. And so, uh, I'll just read it. So one tactic Vanderpool used to breathe life into aerobic training mountainy was to vary the movement. He would switch between biking, cross-country skiing, running, ski mountaineering. Interestingly, Vanderpool only trained five days per week and he would build into each week two full day recovery. So he could get some cool experiences out of his career. He would often go out with friends and forget about training. I put forget about training quotes. So he would just go enjoy it. And, and I, I really, God, I just think that's so important because there's so many messages about like, you know, forcing yourself to do things and, and all of that. And yes, there are times when you got to do some shit that you just don't want to do. And there's no, and, and it's, it's important to have that skill set to know how to get through it. But like, man, like if you want to get good at something or you want to keep doing something, it's like, find a, find a way to enjoy it and, and not try to beat yourself over the head because of these talking heads or these people that are, we're supposed to look up to, you know, say you got to be hard or whatever it is, or, you know, and I, I don't know. It just, I think that's just such a shining example of this, of an Olympian that like 
well, how did he get it done? He just did things that he enjoyed, you know? Yeah. And I think that people, it's like, do they really want to do these things? If you really have to just like wake up, dump a cold bucket of water on your head, slap yourself in the mirror, call yourself a <laughs> pussy. Do you want to do it? Is that how you want to spend your life? Oh, no, it sucks. So it's like, if it's that terrible and, and why, why bother, I guess. And, and I get, there's sometimes like we can say all the science shows you need to be strength training and you need to be doing aerobic training for sure. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing that there's nothing that can argue that really. And so sometimes you have to force yourself to train. Sure. But it's not like if, if you're like at this place where you need your arousal curve, like maxed out to get yourself over the hump to go that you're going to fail eventually because you can't, you, you just can't sustain that level of, of, not wanting to do it it shouldn't be that hard to go and do the shit that you need to do yeah you should just go take a break that day yeah and and (laughs) even if you don't you know like getting yourself to do it is like oh i don't want to train today all right well i'm just gonna go put my shoes on i'm gonna walk out exactly right and i'm gonna warm up and then by the time you're done warming up you're not having this crazy back and forth mental conversation with yourself trying to psych yourself up to do something you're just fucking doing the thing yeah it's not it, i just don't think it needs to be ramped up to be this thing where you wake up at 3 a.m and you go run naked in the dark for an hour <laughs> <laughs> just beating just, yourself with a switch you know yeah, what i mean just... <laughs> it's a, you know i'll tell you one of my favorite mental tactics to play especially when i'm doing hard aerobic work on the bike i wear my slippers and i just tell myself it can't be that fucking hard if you're wearing slippers. I like that. That's good. And so I, I usually just find ways to tell myself like why it's not so hard, why it's not so bad. Exactly. Right. Not like, well, good. Nobody cares. Just keep, keep slogging through it. Just break yourself. It's like, no, I'm not going to break. I'm in my fucking slippers. I'm in my garage. I'm going to get a drink of water in between. Like it's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, I, I, I I just want to break the comparison that pe- like people comparing themselves to to people like David Goggins and Cameron Haynes and stuff like that. And the first thing that 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 I want to ask people is like the people that that follow them and try to look up to them and all this kind of stuff and think like these are motivators. I just want you to ask yourself like, and like really be honest. The, the when they say things this when you take in the things that they say or the things that they write, does it actually change your long term behaviors? Like really no. sit with that for a minute. No, it doesn't. Like no, it's like get, supplements. You get this little jolt of something, but like, and all of the the nine. I don't. I guess I can't say all of it, but there's a gigantic body of research that says the best way to change your behavior is to start with the easiest fucking thing that you can do. Oh yeah, and then absolutely, and then build momentum on that. Like there's a BJ Fogg who's like partially a hero and then like partially i guess a demon because the people that took his class at stanford are like the ones that came up with instagram and all that kind of shit and learned how to make instagram addictive and stuff based on his classes but bj fogg is um 
a behavioral researcher and he like sets up, you know, this tiny habits type thing that, that, you know, the atomic habits that James Clear talks about, all this stuff is based on BJ Fogg's work. And there's a great example from his own life that how he got himself to start flossing his teeth every day. He fought, his deal was to floss one tooth. I'm going to floss one tooth. That's it. And then by the time you're in there and you're doing it, you floss all your teeth. Right. But it's like, to start with the smallest, easiest thing that you can do consistently. And then like to start to build momentum on that is how you change things. And you do it based on the things in your life that are important to you based on the things that you enjoy, based on the person that you want to be and, and based on the realities of your life of what you can do. And I just want people to understand that like long-term behavioral change and, and motivation and all of these things it starts with the smallest thing that you can control and the smallest thing that you can do consistently. And if you try to compare yourself to these people that are out like running three hours a day and, and honestly are displaying like very telltale signs of mental illness. I was going to say, I like, know what, I know what's going to come out of your mouth right like, now. This is not, they're not healthy and the behaviors that they're displaying aren't necessarily healthy. And I think that, people need to understand that. Cause a lot of people say, I mean, I like Joe Rogan, but even Joe Rogan says like, people don't need the message of like, you need to take it easy on yourself. They need the message that you need to push yourself. It's like, no, I think people need the message that you can change. You just have to be smart about it and you can get a lot tougher and a lot smarter and a lot more capable in the process. But if you try to beat yourself into the wall and you try to listen to these idiots that like have destroyed their families and their bodies and all of these kind of things, like, do you really want to be like that? Do you well, really want to skip vacation with your family so you can run and shoot your bow and hunt? Like, and what's the on, goal? What, right, exactly. What is their what is the goal? And if you say, "Well, I want to set a goal to run X amount of days out of a year," if it's important to you, sure, yeah, do it, fine. But what I would just say, the people that want to emulate those people is kind of what is your goal and why is it important to you? Exactly right. And if you can't answer that, maybe find, maybe get to know yourself a little bit better for one, and then find out what's important to you and see if that stuff lines up. Because if you're trying to be somebody else just because it looks cool, I I don't understand the utility in that, I guess. And I think for some groups too, it's just like a, it's a place that they belong you know, almost oh, sure. They yeah. feel like, like, Oh, cool. I'm in this. And it's like, well, what do you do? It's like, why well, like run and work out. And it's like really hard. And you're like, Oh, for like, for health or like, what's the reason? It's like, nah, it's just, I fucking feel cool. <laughs> so I can try to piss myself every morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I will say too, I, I, I don't, you and I have both done some like really, really fucking hard shit. Yes. So I'm not saying it like, oh, you don't need to do anything hard. You could totally do hard things, but it's not a black and white. Exactly. Right. Are you pushing yourself or not? And, and it's when periodic. you're pushing yourself, it's a 10. Right. It's like, no, it, there's a grand long-term goal and you're weaving all of that through the rest of your life to be like a functional fucking human being. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a few things there. I think, first of all, it's like, it's not binary. Right. You know, it's not black and white, like you said, uh, and, and everything needs to have to be periodized. 
like one of the smartest things that I learned from Dan John back in the day is look at the calendar of your year, right? And say, let's say that you're arbitrarily, let's just say that you're a tax accountant and you know, from January until mid-April, your work schedule is smoked. So why would you try to train like a maniac during that time? Like you can't dump gas on that fire because you're going to destroy your, either destroy your health. You're going to have a hard time with your career. Your family and your relationships are going to go to shit. Like you have to periodize things based on, you know, what's going on in your life. And so one of the things that Dan John said is you look at, take out the calendar of the year. You look at, well, when are these things going to be hard? When are, when, when am I going to have more work demands? When am I going to have more family demands? And like you cross those off and you just make those your, the training where you're just showing up and checking the box. And then like, when does that stuff relent? Okay, well, here's where we're going to dump gas on the fire. And that's how you plan it out. Like everything needs to be periodized. Like in this, like we talked about when we um, went through the summer program, the summer program is hard. And it also, you know, we work on a lot of mental skills. We're, we're doing a lot of things to push ourselves. And it's like, so in the fall, when we're going out and doing the thing that we enjoy, like we're not going to continue to do that because we're going to burn ourselves out or we're going to make people hate training with us. And, and it's not going to be the best long-term solution for everybody. And so I, I think it's really important to consider that this isn't a binary thing. You're not either just pushing yourself or you're not. Everything has, everything has a, a sliding scale. Um, things need to be periodized. And then I think one of the other things that people really have to consider is that you have to have reserves, right? No matter what it is, like to have, you have to have reserves. So if you deplete all of your reserves with your training, it's going to be tough to build bigger reserves. So you have to leave a reserve to increase the reserve. So things cost you less. And you know, for, for uh, maybe a cheesy or soft sounding allegory um, is like, if you don't have any love, you can't give any. It's the same kind of concept. If you don't have those reserves within yourself, you can't give it to other people. And it, it is just a, it's a pervasive thing throughout all of our lives that we have to have reserves and we have to continue to build reserves. And that's how we, that's how we continue to grow and continue to get better as, as with our bodies, as people, as everything. And it's not by calling yourself a pussy and trying to push yourself because <clears throat> some guy on Instagram that isn't totally mentally healthy tells you that you should do that. Yeah. There, there's a lot in that for, I, I love Dan John. Um, and just zooming out and looking at the calendar of the year, first of all, I don't know how many people are doing that, but I would say most people, if you talked with them about their training, you didn't know them or their life in general. And they said, Oh, my year kind of right now, I think is going to look like this. Most of those people are light years ahead of, I think, the general population in terms of say to, for something like training, well, here's my training kind of for the year is going to look like this. Those people are looking at a long-term goal. Yeah. And if those are people, regular people that aren't athletes or something that they've developed that goal and they've made a plan to work toward it. And so that, that doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, and when you're talking about the, you know, in terms of your energy, Joel Jameson talks about that too, in terms of down to a scientific level, like you have X amount of energy to expend per day. 
You really do. And there, there he talks about it in terms of with metabolism too, because of all these things going around, but he's basically saying, you know, your training is a small percentage of your metabolism in terms of your energy expenditure. But if you're training and doing so much that you're one stiff breeze away from being in the negative (laughs) or not showing up, you're, you're not leaving room for like the life happens stuff. Right. Because you can't say everything's going to go perfectly. And all I care about is training. That's the only thing that's going to happen to me. It's like, no, there's a million things that could happen. And it's not a matter of just push harder. It just like, it might not work. Dude, you're just also, you're just also fucking boring. Like it's just, it's just like you have all of your resources into this one place. And it's like, you're ignoring these other aspects of your life. Come on, dude. Like that's, that's like, it's like the, I don't know. You, you, you hate to sound too judgmental of people, but like, it's like the, the person that brings their own Tupperware to Thanksgiving instead of just eating the turkey and some of grandma's pie. You know what I mean? It's like, like if you have, if you're so devoted to this one thing and you have such tunnel vision, like you're not fun to be around and you're not going to have fun, at least in the long term. And like, there's going to be a break there. That's, that's not going to be super great, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just, I think just stepping back and taking a, a full look at perspective of, of the entirety of, of all of the pieces of your life and how you fit them together. And then it's like, what do I actually want? What do I actually enjoy? And, and what can I actually do with this time rather than, um, but I think the problem is, is people don't go get that answer for themselves. And that's right. why, and that's why people like David Goggins, um, whose book could have been called, I didn't prepare. So everything got fucked up. Like that's probably what his book <laughs> should be called. And then, um, Cameron Haynes endure should be like, I like to torture myself. That should be the name of his book. And I, I don't have a problem saying this. I'm sure they're fine guys and I can't take any of their achievements away from them. And, um, Cameron Haynes is a better hunter than I'll ever be. I have no problem saying that, but it's like, I don't think he's a person to emulate. Um, and so I, I, I think the best thing you can do is to stand back and really look at your values, what you want, what you enjoy, um, and define these things for yourself. And then you're just way less susceptible to this crazy bullshit. I, I agree with that. And the other thing I think is a lot of the people that you see wanting to emulate those kind of things i think they start somewhere where they think like this thing looks cool like say bow hunting and they're like well i want to you know people are drawn to badass looking stuff and if they think man that looks badass so that's the path i'm gonna set and it's like go on your own journey right what do do you like yeah do your own thing have whatever you do be authentic and don't just uh, aspire to be, oh, you know, a, another version of, of something else. It's like, nah, go do your own thing. And as long as it's important to you and you have your own, um, you, you have your own kind of hierarchy of value, like it will be your own and it will be authentic. And it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else thinks about you know, how big of a deer you kill or how far you walked or whatever you did. 
Yeah. It just uh, it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter at all. And that's like, you need to be prepared for bad situations or for things where you have to go really far back in, or if you have to go up a steep peak or whatever it might be. But I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't have nothing, anything to prove. Like, uh, I, uh, I think it's silly when people try to make it that way. Cause it was so funny. Cause I'm not necessarily going to say how far back, uh, in we were when we killed my elk and Christian's mule deer last year, but it was just so funny to watch the parade of people walking past us and then back out where we sat and we killed the shit. It's like, you're walking past everything. You don't need to go back there. And so it's like, but that's all it just, a lot of times I think it comes from that hardo mentality of saying, well, like we were six miles back in and we did this and that. And uh, I just, I don't know, do what you need to do to get the job done and have your body prepared for whatever may come, but, and your mind, but I don't know. I don't think there's, unless you just want a, a good story and you want to try to crush yourself and you, that's the experience that you want to have far be it for me to tell you to stop. But if it's like, you just want to go kill the animal, like, well, well then do the things that you need to do to kill the animal. That's all you got to do. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think that stuff comes from that place too, of like wanting to, I mean, and, and to somebody like me that lives here, people are like, Oh, I was five miles back there. And I'm like, well, like on, like, did you like walk on a horse trail? And they're like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, that's not, that's not very far. Like, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> that's not that bad. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's just a lack of, I think, understanding with, with just numbers in general i think they get thrown around so much especially on the internet that it's like if somebody kind of knows what they're doing they don't care no i don't like i don't care i've walked six miles and it was easy i've walked three that was brutal terrible terrible horrible and in really good shape and like it's just all uh, it's just when it same thing it comes down to numbers and and trying to get other people to care about it, I guess. But it's like, who cares? I, uh, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Son of a bitch. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? I, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I guess one of the caveats that I want to throw out is that I am one of the meatiest people on the planet. Like I love hard shit. I love trying to break myself. Like if I didn't know better, I would do CrossFit because that is my personality. And so like, I'm saying this as someone that is reformed in some ways from, from being the person that tries to break themselves and just how there, there is, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. Like it ends in injury and you not having fun. And so the slow and steady wins the race, smart training, doing some hard things. I think everybody should do hard things, but in moderation and in part of a plan and in a periodized way throughout the course of a year and throughout the course of maybe an even longer cycle, then that's good. You should do hard stuff, but following the, the mindset and the practices of some of these people is a recipe for disaster. Cause first you're never going to build momentum. You're going to go out and try to do some of these things. Um, and your capabilities aren't going to be there yet. 
and you're not going to be able to do it and you're going to get discouraged and you're going to internalize this voice where you just call yourself names and you don't do well. And so I think that that's one of the biggest problems with this like hardo grind hustle um, mindset is that you just, when you start that, you just set yourself up for failure and you build your capabilities to be able to do more and more hard shit for longer, 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 and to have greater capacity through volume and through continuing to show up and mostly easy work. Like that is easy to moderate work over time is what gets you there. Um, and I just, I just want people to, I just want to continue. I mean, we'll probably beat this over the head over a hundred more podcasts, but I just think it's worth beating and beating and beating into people's skulls that like, that's how you get it done. And that's how you move forward. I think it's, I think it's worth beating on as well because people ask me if they're like really out of shape and what to do. And I'm like, go walk go for a walk. And they, everybody hates that answer. And I'm like, cause there's no magic statistically. Yeah. That is like the best thing you can do. Like increasing your general activity level, your propensity for injury is really low. It's accessible regardless of any kind of, um, like financial stuff. You don't need a gym membership. Like there's all these reasons you could list why walking is a great idea, but they're yeah. like, mm, I don't think that'll work. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, this because there's and no magic like, there yeah, okay you don't have to that's just what i would say is probably a good idea yeah, but i mean oh go ahead no 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 i was just I, I was just gonna say like it's still i am i'm at the top level of strength and conditioning coaches in the country like i've trained professional athletes i've trained myself for a long time i trained tier one operators and one of the things that I focus on every day is making sure that I walk enough. It's like, it's never, it's always something that's good to focus on, man. Like it's, it never goes away. It's always going to be important. Just go do it. And it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it's the small things done consistently that get you the wins. Yeah. And it comes back to understanding and mastering the basics, I yeah. think, and being able to apply that and when it's something that simple and easy, you would think that it would be better received than it is. <laughs> it's not a magic. People want a magic bullet they, because that's something that they could think of. And if it's something that they can think of and they haven't done it already, it's like, it's easy for them to internalize like some kind of judgment instead of just saying, Oh, well, it's that easy. Then, then I'll start. Um, and I, I, just from being in the fitness industry and coaching people for the past, Jesus Christ, uh, what, 16, 17 years now? Like that's, that's the mindset. If it was that, if it's that easy and I didn't do it already, then I, I might not even consciously internalize that, but like they start to feel like they're a failure already. Um, and so it's just getting people to take that first step and starting to realize that, you know, it can be that easy. Um, but you got to keep showing up and yeah. you got to keep doing it even when you don't see the results because it's like compounding yeah. interest and it doesn't come right away. You just got to uh, keep going. I was going to say, I think patience is a huge part of that. And I think that there's so much carryover too, because if you're patient with your training, if you're patient with yourself, if you're patient with, you know, your, your family, you're patient with your 10 month old bird dog, <laughs> there's the pressures off. Just yeah. 
learn to be patient. But you got to have reserves to be patient. You can't totally. be, your, you can't be at your capacity. You and can't, if you, if you, you can't trying to run, wake ahead, up at 3am and run naked barefoot in the street for six hours and be probably be very patient the rest of yeah. the day. You're not going to have, you're going to be tapped into your capacity. You need reserves to be patient. And I think that that's God, if nobody, if, 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 if people don't take anything else away from this is just build your reserves. Do not deplete yourself all the time with whatever means you're doing, whether it's your work or it's your workouts or anything like I, I, uh, I got shit this one time I did a, I did a, like a guest, it was over COVID. I did a guest uh, presentation and like Q and a for one of my friends, coaching groups. She had a place, a, a group up in Canada. And, uh, <clears throat> I got the feedback that I was, I don't know, remember exactly what they said, but they were mad that I told them that, that I didn't work hard. I don't work hard every day. I don't, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I own uh, several businesses and I'm trying to construct the life that I want. But I also understand that like, if you try to pound every day, your productivity actually goes down long-term and you don't enjoy your life as much. So it's like, I only work really hard. Seriously, two work days out of the week. That's it. The rest are easy to medium. But I think I've thought about this recently, which is interesting that you say that. Both of us are relatively busy people. Sure. But frequently I tell myself, I'm not that busy. I'm not it's not that bad. I can do this. I can organize this. I can, I can figure this out. It'll be okay. It's not, I'm so busy. I'm cranking, I'm grinding. And I think over time, when people look at one of your days or maybe one of my days, they're like, holy shit, that's a lot of stuff. And you're like, no, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not bad. My, Fair. my scale is changed because I don't tell myself that this is a 10. That it's hard. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. This is not a 10. You know, I, a, a 10 might be something big and crazy, huge, bad life stressor, essentially. Yeah, exactly right. Out of your control. It's not a regular work day. No, exactly right. That I mean, that's one of the first things that people can internalize if they want to get themselves through a hard workout is not to think about how hard it is, but to sit there and tell yourself, oh, I can do this all day that's how you get through it. That's how you, that's how you set your scale of, of perceived exertion, you know, is, is telling yourself that, oh, this isn't going to kill me. This, I can do this all day. I'm fine. Yeah. It's not, it's not to try to make it harder. So. Not, not the other way. And then exactly. over time that grows and your capacity grows because then what is a 10 in terms of your output just gets higher over time. And yeah. it's not, if, if you set that ceiling early, it's like, okay, well, you, you never gave yourself to adapt and grow and increase your capacity. And another, that's another place where that voice creeps in where it's like, starts to tell yourself that you're not strong enough, that you're either, uh, because that was hard. You kept telling yourself how hard it was. And man, it just, the, the layers with which your brain operates with those kind of messages is just insane. You know, I think it was Jonathan when I had Craig and Jonathan from building the elite on the podcast. I think it was last year instead about like, you know, people that, that go into the gym and like tell themselves that they just need to get harder and they need to work harder and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're essentially calling yourself a pussy. And every time you go into the gym, that's going to trigger your brain to think that that's how you behave there. Like at a subconscious level that you don't even realize that's what happens. And 
so it's the way that you communicate with yourself you know it's not like woo-foo soft stuff it, it's it's what makes you tougher and what makes you harder is being able to communicate yourself um in an honest clear um and not defamatory way you know like that's that's how you continue to grow and you actually get tougher because you build your mental skills and you uh, are able to handle more. I think that's an important distinction too, in terms of I've, the word tough gets thrown around a lot, but I think that a better way of, like you said, you can, you can handle more. Or you just aren't bothered. Uh, that's the way I like to think about it. Like, yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm not, this doesn't bother me. You know, this, uh, this doesn't bother me. And over time, all this shit doesn't bother you. It's not like you're out there being the king of the world. It's just like, yeah, it's cold. It's windy. I'm a little wet. This doesn't bother me very much. Yeah. It's the opposite of whatever the fuck is going on on the internet right now. And (laughs) the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is there's a lot of people searching for purpose that just don't have it anymore, man. And, and you see, you hear these voices of these people that seem very purposeful and, and people latch onto that. And I, and I, that's why I think your uh, point about defining things for yourself and finding your own purpose is just so important. I, I think that it's the best thing that a person can do for themselves. I agree. It's like you get one chance to do whatever this thing that we're doing here on planet earth is like, make it yours, make it good. Yeah. That's where we're going to stop. We don't need to say anything else other than that. That was a great uh, closing note, Jordan.